I'm just gonna start recording, cause it's fun. I did a thing! We're gonna be better people by the end of this. The thing that I did! Sarah! I did a thing! Talk about it! Welcome to I Did a Thing, a podcast about unremarkable people doing remarkable things. I'm Sarah. And I'm Birdie. And this week we are going, as we have teased, we are finally going to talk to Jacob again. Yay! About uh, the process the, that he is currently going through uh, to get top surgery. Yes. So that's very exciting. Oh. Uh, it's just a little peek behind the cor- the curtain. We actually have already recorded this conversation with Jacob, and we talked to him for quite some time and had a great conversation. Um, but since it, it was a little bit longer than we normally talk with our guests, I think we're going to just jump in to the thing I did. Yes. Uh, I would like to say, though, uh, I, I really thank Jacob. He was so gracious in answering all of our questions. Uh we asked a lot of things, so uh, he didn't have to do that, and he shared a lot about his journey and his process and just about himself in general, so um, thank you so much, Jacob, for doing that. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Jacob is has been super open and willing to share the stuff that is, is not really necessarily anyone else's business, but um, I think you'll hear in the conversation he's he's willing to put himself out there. Uh, kind of a little bit as an ambassador, I guess, um, just to let people to know about things that maybe they have questions about, but don't yeah. have any a good person to ask. Yeah, so, he's wonderful. He is a cool guy. All right. Yes. So, did you do something this week, Birdie? I did do something. Did you do something? I did. Fantastic. We've done our jobs for the week. Uh, I'm going to say my thing because I think it's going to be not as quite as exciting as your thing. Um, the thing I did this week was I took my measurements of my of my body. Um, I, I hit another five pounds lost this week at Weight Watchers. And so I'm 45 pounds, 45.2 pounds of weight loss. And uh, I feel like a very different person again like a like myself again which is great um but I'm I'm still wearing all of the same clothes as I was wearing 45 pounds ago which oh no <laughs> uh, part of that is because I'm a cheap person and I I uh don't want to buy new things but the other part is because I wore a lot of stretchy clothes because as a mm-hmm. fat person I don't want to wear uncomfortable clothes that uh cut into my body in weird ways so I wore yeah almost all leggings and dresses and I still like those things so I've continued to wear them uh, it might be time it might be time to buy some new things like bras and workout pants because I have to y- hike them up all the time now mm-hmm. uh, but I took my measurements as part of that process I've taken them ever since I started uh, trying to get fit into that bridesmaid dress for my sister's mm-hmm. wedding because mm-hmm. they took my measurements so I was like well I'm going to monitor my progress this way as well. And I've lost several inches, as as you might imagine. Right on. But it's really cool to see, like, numbers. Yeah, I've been meaning to ask you, because I know, I know your, your goal uh, 
was and before your sister's wedding was your weight loss goal was a lot around fitting into that dress so now that that you were successful with that and then mm-hmm. has passed do, do you have another uh, weight loss goal or are you just trying to be healthy and do your things uh, both. So within the Weight Watcher system, once you hit quote goal, then you do not have to pay any longer to continue mm-hmm. attending meetings, but you can still mm-hmm. continue to attend those meetings. So my goal is a, my goal within Weight Watchers is about eight pounds from where I am now. So primary goal is just to be free, uh, literally not like spiritually <laughs> free, but also spiritually free, but, uh, literally attend as a free member for that so I can save that $45 a month. Uh, But also, uh, especially with pole, being able to lift myself into the various positions I need to be in is a lot easier now that I'm not, I don't have to lift so much weight. So uh, that like feeling good in my booty shorts for that is my next goal. And that's not a smart goal as we've talked about in the past. Like, feel good in a particular mm-hmm. clothing item is not measurable, really. But that is that is what it is. Cool. Yeah. I actually, uh, I'll have to see if I can find it on uh, Facebook again. But I just saw a video this week of um, uh, from a class that was all a larger, like, plus-size ladies, I guess, is mm-hmm. how they're referring to themselves, uh, who did poll. Um, yeah. Their their main thing was to, um, you know, b- body positivity, but also they wanted to show that you don't have to be teeny Absolutely. tiny to be some of the to do some of those things. I mean, I think obviously it's a little bit easier because it is a, a body weight exercise, but right, um, you you can still do those things and at least get started doing things like that. Um, Absolutely, aren't a string bean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the it's been really cool at my at the gym, the studio I go to. They nobody has ever once said to me like you shouldn't wear that or uh you should lose weight to do this thing better or like any of those things. Right. It really has been focused on strength and progress and uh there's a lot of like you don't have that now but you if you keep trying you will because right. you're building that muscle and uh nobody has ever made me feel bad that I I take I just take longer to do athletic things than some of my peers do mm-hmm. because I haven't I don't have any background other than since I was 30 doing anything so um it's been it's been a really amazing studio to be a part of and we're all in our sports bras and short shorts anyway. So my clothes have definitely gotten shorter and smaller since, you know, over time, since Mm -hmm. I've gotten my body a little bit smaller, I feel more confident, but also the tricks I'm doing require more skin to stick onto Mm -hmm. the pole. So you just have to, no matter what your body shape is. I, I suspect part of that too is also, I mean, like even if your body hadn't changed that Mm -hmm. you, the more you wear things like that, yes. the more comfortable you feel Absolutely. wearing things like that. So, <laughs> Absolutely. And even if I hadn't lost weight, it's impossible not to get stronger with right. trying to hoist your body up. So yeah. uh, I think I would have improved anyway. 
even if I hadn't uh, lost the weight. So, um, yeah. The, the only thing I was going to say real quick about clothes is because I've been in that position too, and like in both directions, like yeah. I'm gaining weight and now some of my clothes don't fit, but I don't, I know I don't want to continue to gain weight. So I don't want to buy clothes right. for, that fit my current body or I've lost weight and my clothes don't fit very well, but I'm not at my goal weight. So I don't want to put a lot of money into right. clothes that I don't intend to keep. And so, um, I have, there's a couple different, um, like subscription services, oh. um, that where you can rent clothes. Um, and I tried, idea. I, the, there's one, it's called Gwenny B. That's all plus oh, yeah. size clothes and uh, clothes, clothes. <laughs> um, and I have used that before. Um, and it was good for like office, um, office clothes so but like how it basically works like netflix like they they send you an outfit um like you make a list of clothes from their website that you like and they send it to you um and then you can keep it for as long as you like and then return it or if you decide you really like it then you can buy it from them that's Um, cool yeah so um i really liked it when i use it um for um when I was still at my office job for a little while. Um, and then there's another one that's called La Tote that is um, oh. straight sizes. So I didn't realize that that's what that was. Yeah. Okay. I didn't either. Like, I saw their ads quite a bit, and I thought it was, like, Stitch Fix where you were actually buying the clothes. But no, La Tote, it's, it's a rental service. So, huh. and yeah. It, it, um, I have friends who have used Gwynny B., it is, yeah, it, it can also be good, too, like, if you just kind of need something for, like, a, a special occasion or a short term or whatever. Um, but, yeah, definitely yeah. something to That's check That's really out. good for, like, an office setting as well or professional setting that you right. uh, need nice clothes, but you don't need to have them for a long time. Right. That's cool. Right, yeah. Elementary. Yeah, that's what – yeah, so, yeah, like, I got um, – I got – when I did Gwenny B, like, I mainly got dresses because, like, the options were, like, a dress or a pair of pants or a shirt um, counted as one item. So I would get a dress since that was, like, a whole, that's a whole outfit. outfit. Hell yeah. Right? So. That's cool because um, I, you know, I don't like to buy things I don't need and I don't like to have a lot of stuff. So if I can rent clothes that are cute but I don't have to keep them forever. That's kind of a cool thing. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing that was good about it was like, also you got to like actually wear the clothes. Cause like uh, you, I'm sure it's happened to everyone that you even like you buy something that you think is cute in the dressing room, but then when Mm -hmm. you go to wear it, it's like uncomfortable or it like for whatever reason, it's not at the end of the day, you're like, this was not a good idea. (laughs) This was a bad idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you get a chance to actually wear it. And then, like I said, if, if it's something that you decide you just really like and want to keep it, then, of course, they will sell it to you. Yes. <laughs> oh, That's and fantastic. they also, um, it's also nice because you don't have to um, clean the clothes before you send it back. They Ooh. take care of all of that. So, like, it basically includes, like, the dry cleaning and, and the price that you're paying, too. So. Oh, you've hooked me. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, did you do a thing? 
I did I did a thing. Let's um, hear about actually it. Actually, just did a thing. Yes. Um, I went to my first ever CrossFit class. Woo! Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was a little nervous. Cause yeah. It's definitely outside of my my box. <laughs> okay, so this is a part of your um, class pass, right? Right, yeah. And just up and join a, um, what do they call them, a box? A yeah, I guess that, yeah. Is that what it's yeah, CrossFit gym is called? Yeah. Um, so this was a, a beginner's class, so everybody else who was doing it was brand new, too. There was two other women, uh, so three women, including me, and then uh, two men, or I mean three men. So uh, it was a good mix of people uh, in terms of, like, abilities and, like, you know, body shape and stuff like that, and, or, like, fitness level. Um so it about half of the class was working on skills so like practicing lifting um like barbell weights uh, correctly um without just uh, mainly without any just the bar without any weights on it so that you could practice doing it right um yeah and then we also um practiced some skills that lead up to um doing pull-ups I Ooh. I knew that the, both I and the instructor knew that there was no way that I was going to actually <laughs> do a pull up today, but that was fine. <laughs> Not today. Yeah, but so well, like it, we were it, talking about with pole, like that, just doing that motion will get you to the place right. that you need to be eventually to do a pull up. Yeah, and um, this this gym was was really cool. I mean, I've heard uh, kind of a few horror stories about CrossFit um and places where. Maybe they push people um, harder than they should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, this place was definitely about taking everything at your own pace and like adding weight gradually and, you know, working up to things. You know, when we were working on the, the pull-ups, uh, you know, she mentioned that there was a, a woman in her 50s that uh, comes and works out there. That It took her three years to work up to being able to do her first pull up but you know after three years she was finally able to do her first one at like it's amazing too so um yeah they definitely had like a good good attitude and a good vibe um so yeah we didn't and then after we did the practice the skills then we we did a, a short workout um using the assault bike which um that's like the stationary bike that has like a fan where the front tire would be okay and you push you push with your arms as well as as uh pedaling um so we did that and then um some like ring pull-ups so kind of like trx where with like strap uh, rings on straps so that you mm-hmm. can uh adjust how much of your body weight you're holding up by moving your feet and then um, pulling yourself up. Sorry, that's a little bit hard to describe. No, I, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And then we also did some burpees, which I knew we were going to do burpees. <laughs> I was going to ask, how many burpees did you do? We, um, uh, the the workout that we did was, um, uh, they, in CrossFit, they call it AMRAP, which stands for as many rounds as you can. Okay. I, that's not quite right, but but that's basically what it that is. Sounds, so, sounds good. So we did burpees mixed with um, uh, push-ups, or not push-ups, but like overhead lifts with the with the barbell. Okay. Um, 
So it was just like five burpees. You would do five burpees and then 10 overhead lifts and then back. Um, so I think I did four or five rounds in uh-huh. seven minutes. So, so, but the way that they had us do burpees wasn't quite as bad. <laughs> Some burpees, I mean, there's all kinds of torturous variations on burpees. Right. So these weren't a, the, the most horrible type of burpees. <laughs> so overall, I, it was good. I had fun. The only okay. thing that, um, that might hold me back from going back is the part of town that the gym is oh. in. <laughs> Uh, it's in the this um, suburb of Cincinnati um, that's actually across the river in Kentucky. Oh! And um, <laughs> I just drove <laughs> to another state to work out at school. Oh, well, I work in Kentucky, but that's a whole other story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I go to Kentucky on a regular... It's a, like, before I moved to Cincinnati, like, it did not occur to me that Cincinnati is, no. like, right on the border with Kentucky. Um, but, yeah. Only now a, just did occur to me. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, there are people who live in Cincinnati and never go to Kentucky, but um, it's like a pretty common thing here to go back and forth across the river. So, but the thing that I don't like about this part of town is they have a whole bunch of one-way streets, oh. and apparently the people who live in this place believe that everyone has always lived there and knows where the one-way streets are, so it's not necessary to put a sign up to what? tell you. <laughs> That's incorrect. Yeah. So when I was driving Uber, I had more than one occasion where I was driving in this part of town when I suddenly realized that I was on a one-way, going the wrong way on a one-way street. Oh, shit. And then... Tonight, as I was leaving, I was stopped at the light, and I was getting ready to turn left, and, like, both a pedestrian and um, the driver going the opposite direction as me yelled at me that I was about to turn the wrong way onto a one-way street. And then, even then, knowing, I looked around for a sign, and there was no sign saying that it was a one-way street. What the crap. Yeah. So... (laughs) Screw you, Covington. I hate you. Yeah. I would <laughs> um, boycott just for that reason. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know if I, if I probably won't. I definitely won't be going back in the next couple of weeks just because of uh, the craziness that is about to be my work schedule. <laughs> um, Thanks, holidays. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed the workout and... Uh, if I can get over my hatred of Covington, maybe I'll go back. I bet there are other CrossFit gyms in Cincinnati, though. There are. The biggest thing is, um, this is the only one that um, was available via my my class pass. Gotcha. And I thought about doing going to um, do CrossFit in the past, but the other thing is that it's super expensive. Yeah, it always is um, really expensive. And especially when you're first starting out. I mean, it makes sense, and I understand why they do it, but a lot of gyms want you to purchase a big uh, beginner's package. Right. So it's like $150 to get started. And if you don't um, know if you like it or not, then that's a huge right, investment. Right. So so that's the one of the other things that has kept me from, from pursuing it in the past. So when I saw that they had this beginner class available um, via class pass, then that's part of what got me to at least give it a try that's great (laughs) oh 
you're gonna be sore in a couple days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I've been sore because they cross trained me at work and I'm even more physical job where I am picking up things that are like probably 25 pounds or more um, over and over and over again for like five hours. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I've been kind of sore uh, the last week anyway. So we'll see <laughs> how I feel tomorrow. <laughs> That's great though. Trying new things. Well, should we go jump ahead slash uh, flashback to our conversation with Jacob? Yeah, I want to share that with the world. Hello there, long distance. Please don't make me wait in vain. So, Jacob is back. I'm here. It's, Yay! It's here. To talk about some exciting things. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're doing a thing. I am. I'm extremely yeah. afraid, but I am doing the thing. Yeah. I know that's so brave. Like having I've Why don't... I've had surgery twice in my life. Once was an emergency surgery when I broke my leg, which I didn't have time to think about, but the other time uh, was to have part of my thyroid removed and um even though that's not an exciting thing, <laughs> it, it was it was definitely scary. Yeah. So, Jacob, why don't you talk um, tell our folks about uh, who you are and and what your what your plan is? What 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 are we talking about here? Oh gosh. Yeah, for the few that that could possibly not know who the famous Jacob is. <laughs> right. <laughs> New right. listeners. It's um, been a while. Yeah, it has been a while, and I, it's been not... I don't think y'all have heard from me here since the little mini-reboot, so... Um, no. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Jacob, in case uh, in case you missed that. Um, <laughs> um, I am a, a 20-something a trans dude, and I am getting top surgery at the end of December. Oh, so exciting. And I have never been this nerve-wracked about anything in my life. What what makes you nervous? Um, I mean, it just is a ma- there's two parts. And part one part is just that it is a major surgery, which is always something yeah. to be nerve-wracked about. And then, <laughs> um, and then the second part is just some some good old-fashioned imposter syndrome, where it's like, well, what if what if once after I get it, then I realize I'm not trans? And it's like sure. That seems incredibly unlikely, but also <laughs> yeah. that doesn't keep me from being worried about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a permanent solution to a permanent yeah. problem, but um, not problem, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But um, it's permanent. Yeah. Well, and like like I say, when I talk to mom about it, I'm like, that, that'd be a very, very expensive mistake to make. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. When you said that, that reminded me of um, a documentary that I saw several years ago now um, about John Bowerman. I don't know if you know who he is, Mm -mm. but um, he's an actor. He was um, on Doctor Who and Torchwood, um, and he did a documentary for the BBC um, where he looked into the science of... um, what they knew at, at that point about uh, 
why uh, people are gay. Um, mm-hmm. And at one point during the documentary, um, they he talked to some scientists who had a test that they said could could tell whether or not you were gay um, by looking at, you know, having them look at, have you look at um, some pornography and testing some of your responses. And he, he was basically married at that point to a man right. okay. and was afraid that he was going to, the, the results of this test was going to tell him that he wasn't was gay. Was not in and fact he was gay. Like, right, and he was like super bizarrely concerned that it would turn out like his whole <laughs> life was a sham um but of course it turned out that yes he he is actually gay what with wow. you know being in love with a man and... right i think everybody's a little bit gay but yeah uh <laughs> and a little yeah. bit just a little bit <laughs> probably a lot some for some folks yeah uh but I, it depends on who you love in that case like yeah that's weird um, Jacob, what prompted you to take this giant step in your life? Oh my goodness. Um, so about this time last year, um, every year uh, for mom's birthday, we go to um, Knott's Berry Farm okay. because she loves mm-hmm. Snoopy and also she loves Halloween and Knott's Berry Farm does both of those <laughs> things real good. Mm-hmm. So, um, cool. and we have uh, one of the carnival rides that we go on and I was still binding like more than more than the recommended amount. As everyone mm. does at that time <laughs> last year. When you're when you're done with this story, I want to know more about binding and the recommended okay. amount. So keep that in mind. All right, yeah. they are they are directly related. These two things. Yes. So, um. Uh. And um. We were on one of our most favorite rides, and a rib popped out of place while we were on the ride. Oh. Oh, and then you oh. can't breathe. Yeah, and oh. and it hurt very much. And mm-hmm. um, I had thought originally that it had just been something in my back because, like, I felt like a pop, and then it mm-hmm. turned out to definitely be a to be a rib later because I kept having problems with it for like the next six months. Oh, and so like the back the straight back pain went away pretty quickly, but like I did keep having problems, and like um, so I decided to test and see if not binding would help. Mm-hmm. Um. And not binding did help with the back pain, but also not binding is hell. So, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so I stopped binding at like the beginning of the summer, and the back pain went away completely. And then I would like put on a binder for like a day, and I would lift like a single box that weighed less than twenty five pounds, and my back would be like, "Oh fuck you!" Oh, goodness. yeah. So I was like, "All right, I guess I gotta <laughs> do something about this." Oh. Yeah. yeah. The temporary um, solution was not working any longer. Yeah. Um, so so the so the thing about about binding is that um it's really a very short term solution. There are can some you people... first Jacob, can you tell mm-hmm. uh, our folks who might not know what is binding? Okay. Um binding is a I don't even know how to do that very short. Um <laughs> it, it just it just it just kinda keeps the boobs real flat against your chest so mm-hmm. that um you don't have really obvious boob shaped silhouettes it's just you know if you're wearing like a button down or something you can't even tell that there's boobs yeah. there they're like mm-hmm. secret boobs which is also secret fun. boobs secret boobs are fun <laughs> um i like that terminology <laughs> secret um, boobs <laughs> okay so it's a it's a thing that you wear yeah that compresses your chest 
into a flat silhouette. Yeah, or a flat, flatter. A lot of times, kind of the best you can hope for is sort of a, a weird, lumpy, peck-looking sort of situation. And so sure. if someone, like, isn't super familiar with what pecs are supposed to look like, they will just assume they're those. Okay. Um, which conveniently is most people <laughs> are not into bodybuilding <laughs> enough to know what pecs are supposed to look like. So... I've, I've actually had a couple people be like, wow, you're strong. I'm like, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm just, just, just flattening my chest here. Yeah. Just lumpy. Yeah, just lumpy. Yeah, just lumpy, <laughs> and then, yes. And then what does that um, do long-term, or what do what do people do long-term? Um, so. I have so many questions. Yeah, If so if you're going to keep finding long-term, there's kind of, there's sort of two different ways to go about it. And one of them is you need to get a binder that's like a size bigger. Okay. So that you don't put as much because it, how it does it is with a, just a bunch of elastic pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so your boobs get squished, but then also so does everything else. Sure. <laughs> and so it's just a matter of... Kind of like a corset? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the same basic sort of less extreme but the same basic kind of forces at work or Spanx for your boobs yeah because <laughs> I know um, if I wear Spanx for a long time or even um, compression shorts for working out but I just wear them a lot mm-hmm. like my insides hurt yeah and I get mm-hmm. intestinal issues and I can't imagine with your with your chest and your and your ribs that much pressure on them for long periods of time yeah so like like a like a lot, hurt. Like a lot can go wrong um, and mm-hmm. and it's a really common thing for dudes to wear um, like two small binders because they're like I need mm-hmm. more more flat now. Sure. Um, which right, I understand right. completely, but also like that's how you break a rib, so please don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but so like you're supposed to bind for like maybe six hours a day, and like you're supposed to take like a fifteen minute break somewhere in there. And I'm like, first of all, whose how? life looks like that? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I have, I'm like right, right, right in the middle in between two sizes of binder Okay. at the company I buy from. And, um, so I should be wearing like a two XL, but I was wearing an XL and an XL is just enough too small that it causes my back problems. Mm-hmm. And the two XL mm-hmm. is like beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> um, so, uh, so okay. I was wearing the smaller one, the smaller one too much. Because mm-hmm. um, there's no day, there's no day that anyone wears their binder less than twelve hours. I swear to God, not, not no one. Yeah, no one. I mean, yes, and, I mean, and you're who's just gonna about... go into a public bathroom and take off a binder? You can't. No, that's that, no. I, I hate it. <laughs> yes, a, a cis lady. If somebody told me that I was only able to wear a bra for six hours a day, I on the days that I leave my house I would have a problem. Yeah. yeah. So I can I can just barely imagine. It's like I just I mean I like I understand it and the rules make sense, but also no. Yeah. So um, Jacob, when you can't wear your binder, you said you couldn't for a while or you, you haven't been, what does that feel like? Um like Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, it's like just being just being anxious like the whole day, because 
like I pass pretty good in general now, and I've mm-hmm. got like enough mm-hmm. other fat on me that I, ju- I just kind of look like big moves, you know. Okay. But like, mm-hmm. an- but like, I have like enough like sort of face shape that's still kind of red as female. That even with my beard, sometimes people just if I'm not if I'm not also binding, like if I don't have as many things going for me in <laughs> my sure. favor as possible, I get misgendered like a lot more. Like, a lot. yeah. Like, it went up significantly. Okay. Um, and so that sucks, because then that put me back like a couple years in terms of Men- like being comfortable yeah. just going in the bathrooms and that kind of thing. Yeah. Because so, not only is it emotional, but also safety-wise. Yeah. Um, I don't know how safe your environment is generally, but I can imagine that feeling safe and being safe are sometimes two different things anyway. Yeah. They're completely separate yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, oh. I, I'm guessing that people who don't have this experience don't, cannot fully understand what you're going through, but thanks for sharing a little bit about how that might affect you. So, <laughs> so one of the questions I had was how, did you get started on the whole medical road of of this whole process like even like I was just kind of thinking about if if I was trans like I feel like and I guess maybe this is just because I'm not a a big I'm not tapped into the uh, trans community but I feel like I wouldn't even know where to start in terms of like what doctor do I ask for hormones when I I'm mm. ready to start hormones and like how do I get on the the medical track of of this process? Okay, so um, that depends like a like a super lot um, where you yeah. are um, because the amount that it varies even just state to state is like I mean it's staggering. It's like amazing. Like people will mm. talk. Like I will see people talking about like literally not being able to get on hormones who do still live in the united states and i'm like what, what the f- <laughs> yeah like, how oh, that's Where? right Why? there are places that aren't yeah. california okay um <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so i live in one of the states that's better for it um uh so he- here what you do is um you decide whether or not you trust your doctor that you're seeing now mm-hmm and if the answer is yes, you go to them and say, hey, here's my situation, but please help. Mm-hmm. And your doctor should, they will not always, but they should start working with you on that path. Mm-hmm. They do not technically need to hear anything from any, um, uh, from any therapist or anything. Okay. That's changed, it. hasn't it? Yeah. In California, you do not need a letter to start hormone therapy. We use um, uh, informed consent model. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, a doctor will not be comfortable because they do not know enough about mm-hmm. trans people. So then you might either see an endocrinologist, or um, you might just have to go find a new primary care provider. Right. which sucks but it is a lot easier to find like a, if you can find like a whole clinic that knows oh, about yeah. trans people it's, it makes your life a lot easier 
Yeah, then um, you don't have to explain like you're explaining to us. You don't have yeah. to explain all of that to a new person over and over again. Yeah, exactly. And then like the like the clinic I'm going to, like on the intake forms, it's like what's your preferred name? What is your gender identity? What are your pronouns? Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, yeah. So that's basically it for hormones and then like how you increase on them and all of that is something that you would work out with your doctor or your endo or whoever right. you are seeing. And there are like some clinics that do it. Like when I started testosterone, I did not, no, I did have insurance, but I did not have a relationship with my primary care provider okay. at that time because mm-hmm. I had not had insurance for such a long time. So like I still had right. a doctor, but I hadn't seen her in like four years. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, so I started at, um, uh, there's a place in town called the Gender Health Center that has a hormone clinic where you can go and see a doctor for free and get a prescription, and then you have to pay for your hormones out of pocket. Ooh. Not that expensive. Yeah. My, my, um, I need about two little ML vials, one ML vials of testosterone, and then enough um, syringes and needles to get through the month. And that mm-hmm. costs less than $80 for a month. So it's... Okay. Yeah. I feel like people talk about it costing like $300. I'm like, what do you... Where do you... What? Well... I, get, if, I always get really confused. I'm like, what are you taking? If you live somewhere where that's not available, it could be yeah. Yeah. more I mean, expensive like, because yeah, of the value. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But like, I, it just always kind of blew my mind because I, like, I went the first time and I had like a bunch of money just in case and they were like, it'll be like $75. I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. So testosterone is taken via a shot, correct? Yes. Yeah. The most effective way to take testosterone is with, um, is I think technically the most effective way to take testosterone is still with an intramuscular shot. You'll see a lot more dramatic results a lot faster. Um, But uh, almost everybody I know takes it subcutaneously. Okay. So like you pinch your belly. Yeah. Luckily, I have just a bunch of belly fat to pinch, so it makes it very easy. Like, I can't possibly make a mistake. That's great. um, And also, you know, like, it hurts a lot less than an intramuscular injection, Mm -hmm. and the needle is a lot smaller, so it's, you know, very good. Less scary. Yeah. Yeah. 10 would recommend. Um, But it also, like, it does take a lot longer to see, like, like, I know dudes who do intramuscular, and they'll have a full beard in, like, a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that part of that is genetics, but I think that part of it is that because you just get all of your testosterone at once, and then. But it also does a bunch of other things like um, intramuscular. Um, uh, you kind of use it all sort of at once, and then the amount of testosterone you have sort of decreases over the course of the week. Mm. And subcutaneous, all of it just kind of sits in your fat, and your body goes, "Oh shit, there's some testosterone here." Maybe we should she'd use it yeah and so it kind of like the disbursement is more even and so okay. um to get top surgery like to get uh approved for a top yeah. surgery did you have to be on t for a long a specific amount of time um i think that it helps um to get the top surgery um you just need uh like if you have like a bunch of money like sure. just a bunch of money to pay, to pay for a surgery <laughs> out of pocket, um, then they will. A lot of the surgeons in this area will use the informed consent model, and so like they will have a conversation mm-hmm. with you about it and ask you 
why you're getting top surgery to kind of make their own sort of, you know, decision on uh, whether or not they yeah. want to do the surgery for you. But then what, if you What is a pay, bunch of money? A bunch of money is about $12,000. Okay. Yeah. So a lot, but not... I mean, yeah. there's people who pay cash for a $12,000 car. Yeah, exactly. This seems more important than a car. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I guess if you have the ability to save that kind of money up, then that might be an option for some Yeah, well, and a lot of people, um, if they can't get it covered through their insurance, which a lot of people can't, they will set up the surgery and then crowdfund right. to pay out of pocket mm-hmm. for it. I see a lot of those um, A lot of those go around, and a lot of people save up for a lot of years. Like, a long time. I think I knew one dude who saved up for like six years or something Damn. to get his top yeah. surgery because he could not get it covered. So... How is... Sorry, I had cut you off before. It's okay. I apologize. We just have so many questions. <laughs> I I want to know. Uh, so let's say I I as a cis person have to go in and get a mastectomy for whatever reason. I don't like or a breast reduction or something mm-hmm. with my chest. Does that get coded differently on insurance? Is it covered differently on insurance? Do you I know about that? I think so. Yeah. Um... I, I know that it gets talked about extremely differently, um, like, at the places where it's done. Mm-hmm. Like, a um, mm-hmm. mastectomy for cancer reasons, I think, is not done by the same people who do top surgeries and breast reductions. Okay. Because those are plastic surgeries, but a mastectomy is, like, uh, like let's get rid of all this surgery. cancer very fast. And there are plastic yeah, right. surgery-like elements, but I don't think, and they try to make it look as nice as they can, but I don't. I, but, like, I looked, and, like, I will see mastectomy mentioned, on, but, like, that's not, like, a thing that plastic surgeons are like, buy this, you know? Cause right. <laughs> right. Because they know if you're getting a mastectomy, like, your life is probably not going great. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, but I, I imagine that a mastectomy, like, for cancer reasons, probably the easiest thing to get covered, just because, like. Yeah. Because cancer's cancer. involved. Um, and then I don't know how a breast reduction is, I feel like most of the time you probably have to pay for that out of pocket, but I don't know how, I, like, I have no idea what the insurance on that looks like. Yeah, I think if you have documented, like, back issues for a long period of time, you can yeah. ask for it to be covered, or or if you have the BRCA gene, in, yeah. like, the cancer gene, I know people get elective uh, mastectomies for that reason. Yeah. But... It seems like that would be covered differently, but maybe you, not you, but a person could say that that's why they're getting it and it not be the real reason they're getting top surgery right? for insurance, but I don't um, know. Well, I think though the, the other thing about that is I know some people do get breast reductions just to kind of, because um, there are some people who are like gender fluid and stuff who like want to be mm-hmm. able to choose right. when their boobs are happening. Yeah. So I know that a breast reduction is not uncommon for that. Choose when um, their boobs are happening. Yeah, because like you know, if you want <laughs> like if you want to hide them, then you can wear a binder, and if you want them to come out, you could wear like a push up bra, and now you right. have right. full boob autonomy, which you is amazing. Boob options, boob. Yeah, boob options. Options. You have options. Um. Okay, so what I had to do to get mine covered because I did I was yeah. very lucky and I did get to. Oh, it is covered. I did get to have mine completely covered by my insurance. Thank That's God. amazing. Because a lot of a lot of times the other thing that will happen is um, the insurance will cover everything like except for the surgeon's fees. Okay. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Which can still be like two or three thousand dollars. Right. Um or more. I feel like it might be more. I feel like I lowballed that. <laughs> um but uh what I had to do was I had to talk to a therapist um with whom I had been working. Um it's best to do it with someone you've been working with. Uh but there are usually in cities, um there will be like a clinic that specializes in helping trans people get that kind of access to care. So like ours here mm-hmm. is the gender health center and they have, that's what they do yeah. is if you like, they do a bunch of stuff, but like if you need a letter, you can go talk to them and they will get you one. Um, right. And so what the letter has to have on it here is um, like information about how long the person has been working with you and um, what the person's credentials are and, uh, and why they're qualified to talk about trans people, and then um, uh, who the patient is, what their gender identity is, um, how long they have shown signs of being trans. So um, in my case, we went back to um, when I started at the Gender Health Center and um, and when I started on testosterone. So mine says like he's been on testosterone for like three years and he's this age, and he has shown, and then they have to put, there's like a line that you have to have in there, um, I don't have my letter out, um, for insurance to cover it, like, like, there's like a single Mm -hmm. line that everything rests on, it's something like, um, shows significant anxiety related to, uh, gender dysphoria, Mm -hmm. or something, it's something like that, and so, like, that line has to be in there, and then everything else is just in support of that line, basically, so there's like code code words that you have to use in order yeah. for insurance to cover. Yeah, like like with like with all dealings with insurance, if you do not know sure. the code words, you're out of luck. Wow. All right, so it's scheduled for the end of December. Yep. What kinds of things do you have to do in preparation? Oh my god! So the only thing that I really like super have to do is is um just kind of stay at where I'm at health-wise, um, okay. and uh, not smoke, which is very easy for me. Sure, if you don't And mind. Yeah, exactly. And uh, um, and then I'm trying to, and then I've got four thoughts happening at the same time. Um, <laughs> I have to, leading up to the surgery, like the two weeks before, I have to limit my vitamin E intake, and then I also, <laughs> right up to the surgery, and then after it for a while, I have to limit my sodium intake. Okay. So that there's not a bunch of unnecessary swelling. Sure. Right. Um, Fluid. But but other than that, like for the surgery, I just have to just kind of just kind of like be in like a holding pattern, you know, just kind of don't get don't get any worse at anything. Sort of is where I'm at there. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but then, like for me, I have some body image issues that are, you know, will partly be addressed by the surgery, but also partly, like, exacerbated, I feel like, a little bit. Okay. So, so, um, special for me, I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight, and then I would like to build up my, um, my pecs a little bit, because, um, partly so that there's something there after the surgery, but also my understanding is it makes the surgeon's life a little bit easier on both counts. Because mm-hmm. um, if there's like a really clear pec line to follow, that gives them like a like a place where they can put a scar. Yeah, and it won't be very obvious. Right. So 
Um, and then I've seen so many, so many um, post-op pics of dudes. Mm-hmm. And they, with this particular doctor, they all look amazing, first of all. Let's just start That's there. That's great. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm sure I haven't looked as at nearly as many pictures as you should have, you know, given the fact that you're having this surgery. Um, but I, the, the pictures that I've seen where of people that I know have had top surgery, it's, it's so amazing what they're able to do now. Like lots of times there is no visible scar, at least in a picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if their get... pecs are developed enough, they can kind of set it underneath where that is, right? Yeah, and then um, and then the other thing too is like if you take care of yourself good enough, like after surgery, then you can. Like I saw one dude in my local group who um, he just did nothing but loaf around after the surgery for like six months, which is about the amount of time mm. that you were supposed to loaf around if you want your scars yeah. to come out really good, and they were beautiful. Wow. Like, like I, like I could see them because I knew that they were there. But like, if I wasn't, right. if I was not looking, I'm like, those healed amazingly. Um, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I have a couple of friends. I have a, a partner of a friend who just got top surgery like last nice. week. Those, those are long scars, though. They're like yeah. six inches or yeah. more. The, that's the size of there depends a lot on um on how much boob you have and also how much like like side boob you have so yeah like the more side boob you have the longer the scar has to be yeah i'm touching my boobs right now because not in a weird way but yeah no you're like okay where's the side boob where yeah where would that be because i was also touching my side boob while i was trying to think of the word for it so i understand yes Um, (laughs) it's just i'll touch our boobs a lot yeah um yeah that would be pretty long um so yeah it just kind of like depends on like your your boob shape and um Right. and like how far back they go and all that kind of thing will make a big difference on how long the scar is like like there are people who this is this is partly just me being like a dick um but there are people who like they get top surgeries and i'm like why because they already had like very tiny little a boobs mm. like you could have just mm. built out your pecs or something and those would have disappeared forever and you would never see them again um yeah. but they can get um I'm gonna give a little break so you can cut it if you want because <laughs> that was just me being mean. But um, no, but that, I, I think my, that my, speaks my, to like, the secret. mental piece of it. Yeah, because um, because also like I understand it, but also heck, um, but that's also a little bit of me being jealous because what they can right. do is they can get it's called periareolar, and you can do like a little semicircle cut around the nipple. And just mm-hmm. take the boob out through that very tiny, like, inch cut. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that, first of all, that surgery looks very difficult to do as a surgeon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that. And uh, and it's called keyhole. Okay. And um, I think periareola or something else. It, it's like a line coming down from the areola, so it's really similar. But then there's, like, you've got just, like, a line coming down at the bottom of your nipple. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the but the amount of boob that you need to already not have to right. even be a candidate for that is like, I mean, you need to already be at basically none. Like I looked at some before and after pictures, and I had to like squint on some of them. Yeah. I'm like, did something change? Yeah. Um, I mean, something something did, but like you know, sure. Um, 
Um, so those are like amazing because you can't, there's like basically you can't see a scar after that. And so it's like ideal. That's like everybody's like, if only, like everybody's <laughs> kind of secret dream is like, if only I could get a keyhole surgery. Like, I hope I'm a candidate for keyhole surgery. The second yeah. I looked it up, I was like, oh, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. So Jacob, what are your, what are your plans afterward? So you have to loaf around for six yeah. months or something. So I'm, yeah. I'm just going to like take a nap for a week. Yeah. Um, in between the surgery and the post stop And we're going to be in San Francisco for it. Okay. At, because every single top surgeon i think on the west coast is just intent they just all decided to live in san francisco well um known for their population of known for their gays lgbt folks yep (laughs) (laughs) um and so we're gonna hang around there for a while and we just booked a room for that uh, a couple days ago um and then i am gonna take a whole month off of work because my work involves a lot of like lifting and pushing and stuff Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm not allowed to lift, like, the first, like, three weeks, so they're like, don't lift more than five pounds, which makes me very sad, wow. because my cat it's is like 13 your pounds. your cat, yeah. My cat is 13 pounds. <laughs> oh, no. My other cat is six pounds, so I can't lift any of my cats, even the very small one. Mm. Um, <laughs> I know it's, 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 it's He's upset about, <laughs> upset about it. Upset about it. He's very sad. He just found <laughs> out about this. I'm sorry you had to find out in this way, Turk. Um... And then uh, at the end of the third week, I can lift up to 20 pounds. And I'm like, I'm going to just give that one more week just in case. Because kind of 25 pounds is sort of the bottom limit of, for my job. Mm-hmm. And then for like the next five months after that, so for like six months, I have to keep my elbows below my shoulders. Whoa. Yeah. Which it turns out very difficult. I have been trying and I'm like, I can barely do that while I'm just driving, which is like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, that's like the lowest like energy thing I could think of to do, <laughs> other than sleep. I can't even do it while I'm sleeping. I've been paying attention. You can't put your head hands over your head. Yeah, I'm like because I sleep with my elbow under, you know, with my arm under my head, and that puts my elbow way yeah, up there. Right. So <laughs> I have oh to like gosh. redo my everything <laughs> for like six months. Wow. I'm sure. I'm sure the the soreness that will also be accompanying mm. this process will help you at remember remember yeah. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm worried about like after the um after like the kind of first month, you know, because everyone I've talked to is like mm-hmm. I was up and moving, you know, within the week and feeling mm-hmm. pretty okay. Um, and a couple of the guys I've talked to were like, I didn't even need the um the painkillers that long. I'm like, okay, that's right. that's good. I guess technically promising, but also like I need that to remind me not to lift my elbows above my shoulders. So if it could hurt for like right, right. three months, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my job is extremely like I've been testing it to see, and um, my job is pretty doable with that. I just have to like use the step ladder more, which mm. I should be doing anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> right. Um, and then other than that. Uh, that's really most of it. Really, the arm, the elbows, and shoulders thing is like most of recovery, as near as I can tell. Wow, that's amazing. So by next summer, you you should be mainly healed. Yeah, completely healed. Um, let me see, December. Yeah, by yeah, by the time that I am um moving to whatever my next university is going to be, I should be able to like do jumping jacks and swim so that's exciting that is exciting wow 
Yay. Yay. Um, you mentioning your university uh, reminded me that the other thing that we should check in with you about, which was oh, um, when we had you very first on the show, you mentioned uh, the trouble you were having with um, the locker rooms at your gym and the fact that the shattering uh, situation was not very human friendly, let alone right. <laughs> uh, trans friendly. Um, so uh, you were working on trying to uh, get a better solution to that problem. Did you, were you able to make any progress? Um, so I, I have made like, like personal progress, but not any like functional progress. Um, mm. What I have done is found the office where that person is. <laughs> Okay. and um kept because i had a class on that same floor so i kept being there like right after they closed for like ever um for the whole oh, no. first half of the semester like i would walk by and go oh that's right like i basically think about it two times and the only two things that will make me think about it are this show and then if i was already <laughs> on that floor for class and almost always both of those things i was either too late or nowhere near it um, right. But I did get in there one time before they closed, but it must have been during lunch or something because like I went in there and everybody was eating and nobody would look at me and they were like all there's like a bunch of um, <laughs> none of them were like out in front they were like in there. Um, there's like three offices connected to it and then a bunch of cubicles nobody out in the cubicles and everybody there were like six people in the offices and a couple of them were eating and some of them were actually having conversations and there's no like a bell to touch and i don't like talking i don't like talking loud right. <laughs> to get, especially because like there was like no sign like i know that it's in that office but there was like no sign that said this is um you know the desk that you stand at if you want to talk to this person because <laughs> there's like two reception desks and so i got overwhelmed and left <laughs> like i, I hate stood, everything about this i stood there for like three minutes probably trying to decide what i was gonna do next because that's what you do when you have anxiety and don't want to talk yeah. to anyone about yeah. something important so yeah no i can totally imagine being in that situation and, and doing exactly what you did stand there <laughs> Hope slash not hope. <laughs> right. So be in fear yeah. that somebody will notice you. Talks to me. Simultaneously yeah. be in fear that somebody will not notice you. Yeah. Um, uh, so. That stinks. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So um, I have to, I'll go back in again at some point, maybe at a time that isn't lunchtime and, and see if I can get, if I could talk to anyone. <laughs> but um, I, I consider that to be progress because that's still like. Yeah. Closer than you I was in the before. Door. Yeah. yeah. And then you were going to a gym with your mom too, right? Yes. So um, I have, we go to Planet Fitness and I have an um, account with, I'm a ch very a cheap. So I am spending the $10 to just go to one specific location. Mm -hmm. And then mom was like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to pay the $20 a month so that I can use the massage machine. And, um, and then she's used it exactly once since then, but I get to go with her um, when she's there. So it works out. Um, and so we go sometimes um, because she doesn't want to go a lot. And like, if I don't know if we're going, I really need to know very early in the day, because if we're not going to go together, then I need to wear my gym shorts to school or else I'm just going to mm -hmm. not go to the gym. Right. Yeah. Um, 
uh, yes yeah so we'll go to hers together sometimes um but which is nice because then like we can both be weird on the weight machines together (laughs) nice to have a ally in that yeah um and so i'm I have like a little routine that I have that I'm trying to do on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. And it's it's loosely not always in this order, but it's loosely like walk for twenty minutes and then I have like a like I'm increasing ideally I am increasing the speed of the walking by like a half mile an hour to um mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. And then walking for twenty minutes. So I was at three and a half miles an hour. So this week I should technically be starting four and a half miles an hour, but also we did not go to the gym last week at all. So <laughs> for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and then I'm biking for uh, also 20 minutes and then I'm doing like a hill setting and then I'm increasing like the difficulty mm-hmm. rank once one by one every week. So I think I'm on four this week if I go um and I can do about five and a half miles in 20 minutes so nice um yeah that's great and and then I do a handful of mostly upper body weights um so Mm -hmm. mom has a bunch of arm stuff that she does and then I have some upper back and shoulder and chest stuff um, and then also mom does abs and I didn't want to feel left out. So I do abs when I'm with her, <laughs> <laughs> which That's I probably funny. should be I doing anyway. So use, yeah, I was about to say, I think if we could use some ab work. Yeah. So. Is there... so it sounds like you're feeling more motivated to get to the gym, uh, and, and work out Yeah. now that you have this definite December goal. Yeah. It's not. It's not helping too much, but this is better than nothing for sure. Yeah. Is there anything? I was just, yeah. uh, one, uh, one last question I was going to ask you. Uh, actually, way back when we were on the binding talk, do you wear your binder when you're working out? Um, so, sometimes and sometimes no. When, sometimes. yeah, you're like not, unlike all things with binding, you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Right. It's never stopped right. anyone. Um, so (laughs) so the rule of thumb that we have adapted as a community as near as i can tell is wear a binder that's one size too big Mm -hmm. um just you know just be be safe damn it um right and so i will do one or two things kind of depending on what i was doing during the day beforehand and like how i'm feeling dysphoria wise and what i'm willing to Mm -hmm. put up with from dudes at the gym that kind of thing um, because you know how gym dudes are. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I will either wear my binder that I got a binder right before we went to Knott's Berry Farm this year from a dude in the area who, um, does not wear that size anymore. So now I do have mm-hmm. a binder that's a size too big that I can just kind of wear around, which is mm-hmm. nice. So I will either wear that or, um, I will wear like 14 shirts. <laughs> that is an exaggeration, but it is still like yeah. four or six shirts. <laughs> wow. Right. Um, because like if you wear like enough shirts, everything kind of becomes like plausible deniability. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like why is this person wearing like fourteen shirts? I don't know, but I'm not talking to him about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> um. So I I will wear I I think it's usually between like four and six shirts just to the gym. 
Um, wow. And that's also my, when I stopped binding completely was what I was doing. I would wear like a two thick t-shirts and then like a button down and then mm. it's like, I don't know, she's a big dude. IDK. Yeah. Get people not to talk to me about it, so. Yeah. That's exciting. I mean, t- to me that just highlights like the amount of freedom you're going to have right. after the surgery. Like once you healed, like there's going to be so many things. The amount of shirts that I will be able more- to wear will be zero. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and just so many things that you'll be able to do without having to think about these things anymore. Yeah, it will be very nice. Just get, sounds- We'll just be able to put a shirt on and just leave the house. Sounds amazing. Yeah. And first of all, everyone should be able to do that. Yeah. I know, Jacob, you mentioned a little bit earlier... Um, uh, crowdfunding and I know you have your own uh, crowdfunding campaign going on um, to, to raise a little money to help you with the expenses of all of this um, do you want to mention where people can find that if they're interested in contributing oh, that's a good question I have no idea what the link is offhand um, oh, no. but it is it's on I decided to go with you caring because GoFundMe has had some issues <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, ugh. You're going to find it before me, aren't you? I'm looking. There it is. <laughs> Damn it. Um, and, okay, uh, so, it's, so clearly it's easy to find. Yeah. Um, the the actual link is not super easy to yeah, share. Yeah, it's but like it's, a username it's, and then some letters, isn't it? Yeah, it's youcaring.com slash Jacob Nelson. That's Jacob with a K and Nelson with an O. Dash nine six six three seven eight. Nice. So we can um, link that also. In, well, thank you. On the Facebook yeah. post and all of the other things. And then I'm at about. I managed to put in some of my own money also. So I think I'm at. Yeah, like four fifty. Mm-hmm. And then I've got like I've got like a like a secret personal goal, and then the goal that I have up there is ideal. That's like if that's like hell yeah, I'm definitely good amount of money but mm-hmm. at, at about 900 is where i can definitely meet all of my everything so when i look at it right now like i see the four in front of 442 and i'm like i'm halfway there even though like it's not <laughs> yeah I'm like that's it that's one paycheck nice um <laughs> so um in case anyone was wondering we're actually pretty close to like just sort of a basic peace of mind and then everything after that is like making sure that like I I will be coming in probably like halfway through a pay period so after that it's just sort of helpful but not strictly speaking necessary right right Um, great yeah so just just to clarify this since you mentioned this is that your insurance is covering the medical Mm -hmm. expenses this is to help cover the work that you mentioned you're yeah. you're gonna have to miss yeah because yeah. it's like it's like a whole month and i'm this boy like all boys now it's paycheck to paycheck and and also working you know hourly so like <laughs> right if i'm not going to work that's yeah, it <laughs> yeah i don't think there's a lot of people that could afford just to be out of work for mm-hmm. a month yeah so let me say that website again it's youcaring.com slash Jacob Nelson, 
966378. And again, Jacob with a K, Nelson with an O. Thank you so much, Jacob, for coming on again yeah. and sharing all of this big stuff with us and uh, being our educator yeah. on, on some of these. We asked you a lot of questions. So thank you yeah, so much. You were so, uh, you're being, first of all, super brave to do all of this. And, and also just, I want to commend you on being so open and uh, talking about stuff that frankly is not other people's business. <laughs> um. <laughs> Certainly not our business. So thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I like, first of all, love talking about myself. Second, <laughs> um, I, I always kind of feel like, like I understand that it's not like any individual person's job to like inform people, but I'm always like, I would rather people hear about it from me than trust the internet. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or, or just, uh, remain ignorant and because, think whatever yeah. weird thoughts <laughs> the, or conclusions people come to on their own. Yeah. So. Especially because so often it's like in the name of not asking rude questions and it's like I would really rather you ask the rude question and I get to opt in or out of it than you just making assumptions and not talking to me. Thank you. <laughs> right. Right. Cool. Right. Thanks again. Thank you for having yeah. me. Eric, do you want to come say goodbye? No, he's sleeping. No, 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 no more meowing. He's quiet. Stop it. That <laughs> is a, a true cat. He will not. He will not comply with your wishes. <laughs> he did look at me though. All right. Well, yay, so Jacob. Good. Um, yay, Jacob. That's all you need to say. Yay, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I, I was super excited, and I can't wait to hear. Uh, more about how everything goes for him. Um, I'm sure we'll talk sure. with him again in the future. Are you ready for the challenge zone? I am ready for the challenge zone. How is the challenge zone going for you, Birdie? Um, it's good. It's getting very cold here. And yeah. so walking in the out of doors is difficult. However, uh, I work on a college campus that in the in the north in the north states in the Midwest, uh, most things are connected by uh, either skyways or tunnels, mm -hmm. especially on a college campus. So there, are, I cannot use that as an excuse not to go for a walk, like over lunch, because right. there are many many ways to get around around my area without actually going outside. Like you can go almost all the way across campus. So uh, I just need to do that instead of uh, knitting at my desk. So yeah, it's good though. I really like that app and it's fun to see uh, which companies are donating. So right, yeah. like, which ones are like sponsoring your walk. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's, How about uh... you? I haven't been doing as much as I, I would like to, but it's definitely inspiring me. I've I've done a couple a few runs on the treadmill uh, since we started this challenge, oh, wow. and, which is great because I hadn't been running really at all, um, and it felt good to finally get back to it, um, and and also be able to tell just from I think just from work that my um, my cardiovascular fitness has improved 
Yeah. Um, so, so the running was a little bit easier since the last time I tried it. I tried an, uh, an app that was like it coached you through a run. Um, uh, oh. Which I, I liked fairly well, but um, it was designed to work with your um, Apple Watch, which I do not have one. <laughs> mm. So you could still use it, but a bunch of the features, yes. like it, you know, it was like in, intending to like track your heart rate via the watch and and then it also had like a a leaderboard so that you could basically compete against other people who had done the same class um but those features only work if you have the apple watch um so i wasn't able to do that part so it wasn't quite as fun but um (laughs) there's another app that i do you i have used more consistently that um doesn't require the apple uh, watch that's called Aptive. Active. Aptive. It's Aptive. Yeah. A P P T I V. Oh, spell that um, again. A A P T I V. That's just silly, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they have a bunch of different uh, kind of classes on there that you can do. Like they have um, walking and riding on the treadmill. Um, but then also they will like coach you through with audio cues through an outdoor run or walk. Um, and then they also have elliptical and, um, basically a spinning class and even like, uh, a class for the kind of stair climber that they have at some gyms. That's like basically like a short, uh, escalator that you walk up. (laughs) Those things are cool. Um, and then I, I guess I haven't ever tried this, but they also have some yoga classes and meditation classes on there. Um, so I've actually had that for quite a while. Um, and I, I use it off and on, but it's, especially for the elliptical, I like it, um, when I'm going to the gym and using the elliptical regularly, because the elliptical can get so boring (laughs) when you do it all the time. Uh, so it's another way to, to use the elliptical and, and get, a little bit more variety in what you're doing on the elliptical. That's cool. Are, are, yeah. are you ready to talk wanna... about what we're loving this week? Yes, I would love to talk about the things I love. I love fruits. It's my sweet pleasure. I love actually are gonna be the things I don't love. So Oh no. Yeah. Uh between the cough uh-huh. and um I I don't love I was doing something and I popped a rib out of place. Oh no and, and couldn't breathe for like a good long while, like an hour. Like I had to I had to stand in a very weird position in order to be able to breathe without crying. Um and then also last night at practice uh, somebody accidentally scratched my my face, but I didn't know it was coming, so they scratched my eyeball as well. Oh no! Um, so I was wearing like this. Uh, my my friend, one of my teammates that works at an eye clinic, so she was like, "Okay, here's what you do: you put some ice on it, and then we'll put like a keep it closed." So then I had like this band like a bandana over my eye uh-huh. during the rest of practice. And so I looked like a pirate and 
Uh, stupid. But I do not love weird injuries like that between the yeah. rib and the eyeball and the, like, feels like a, there's a little piece of fluid in my lung. It just, like, all these itty-bitty little things are pain in the ass. I do not love them. <coughs> Do you feel like you're getting to the point that maybe you need a trip to the doctor? Nah, I'm cool. Um, this <laughs> this shit's been going around uh, yeah. the derby community since champs, so uh, uh, it's like a two week process. Yeah. yeah. Just thank you for. Uh, that's advice I would have given to somebody else. Like maybe <laughs> it's been almost two weeks now. Maybe you should go to a doctor, but it is getting better. It's just okay. lingering. Yeah, I know as a single person, sometimes it's easy to, like, not go to the doctor when you need to because you don't have the another person in your house who's like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're sick, you need to go to the doctor. Right, kicking you out the door. Yeah. Um, what do you love? So, so the thing that I am loving this week um, is a show on Netflix. Ooh! Um, it's called, um, the, oh, let me look so I get the title exactly right. Um, if you like, um, uh, the Great British Bleak Off, then mm-hmm. you are going to love this show. Um, and one of the hosts is actually, um, a former contestant on the Great British Bleak Off. What? Um, Nadia. Okay, I'm listening. So... The, it's um, families that are cooking together. Oh, that's so adorable. Each what episode they have two families and they have um, three people from each family and they they are pretty uh, open minded in terms of what a family consists of. So I mean, there are a few where it's like parents and and a, a child, but um, you know, like there's there was one team that's or two sisters and their sister in law and like. A grandmother and then like uh her her grandson and one of like the grandson's aunt um so um <laughs> it's really fun That's so cool it's called uh how's it going? the big family cooking showdown yes so um yes. so there's the, each week there's two teams of the three family members and then they do kind of three challenges in each episode. The first one is um it has a, a they give them a little bit of a theme a different theme each week but it's always like a a budget challenge so they have to they can only spend 10 pounds on the the groceries. Um and then the second challenge they cook a meal for the judges in their own home. And then the last one is supposed to be um, they do back in their studio, and it's supposed to be like a you, the meal that you would cook to impress your neighbors. Um, but it's got that same super like friendly. Even though it's competitive and people want to win, they're also super friendly and supportive of each other. And they usually end up hugging every everyone at the end, <laughs> at the end of the episode. Oh, um, that's cute. And I I'm like probably two-thirds of the way through the season that's on Netflix now. Uh, but I guess they're working up to uh, uh, semi-final uh, where three of the families uh, compete. Uh, there's two epi- semi-final episodes where they have three families compete to 
get down to the finals. So, oh, um, I love British shows like that. Yeah. yeah, I've been trying to have like a super cozy like self care weekend since uh, work was physically difficult this last week, and next week is not yeah. gonna be any better. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get so, crazy. Yeah, so. Um, that was one of the things that I did, the self-care things that I did this week was I sat on the couch and watched three or four episodes of the big family cooking showdown. That's wonderful. It's also, well. I always, the other thing that um always impresses me, or I guess I, surprises me about um both the big family cooking showdown and, um, uh, the Great British Bake Off is that uh, as Americans, I think we think of British, uh, Great Britain as being like very homogeneous, like mainly white British people. Uh, yeah. But on both shows, like they have a lot of, a lot of contestants from all kinds of different uh, ethnic um, backgrounds on the show. And it seems like they, they must make a point of being as inclusive as possible. So um, in the episodes I've watched so far, they've had several Indian families, um, and, uh, family that were immigrants from Syria, um, and also from Iran and, um, a, uh, island in the Caribbean that I had actually never heard of before, uh, wow. St. Vincent. Okay. Um, so... So yeah, it's it's also great to see, like, <laughs> uh, all of the diversity in the in the casting. When it, it probably would be very easy in Great Britain to just have a whole bunch of white people. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's great. Sounds like a fun show. I can't. I would like to watch that. I'm in the middle of I Zombie right now, but uh, I might have to add that to my Netflix list next. If we're if we're sharing Netflix shows, the other show that you might like, um, and when you finish iZombie, is um, I finally started watching Riverdale. Oh yes, um, and it was I was not expecting it to be what it is, but the cinematography like, on that show is so good. Like everything I, is just a yeah. cool color, and like that one family all wears white with the red yeah. hair, and it's very well shot. I like it a lot. And the, I really like mysteries, um, so I, I like at least what I've, I'm not too many episodes into Riverdale, but I like what I'm seeing of it so far, um, but I keep wondering, like, why, why did they make this show have anything to do with Archie? <laughs> like, Right, it's not, it's just the names of the characters and that's right. about it. Yeah, it's it's that part's kind of funny, but because that's that's part of what kept me from watching it probably sooner was I was like this is a weird, like who who loves Archie so much that they want to see a TV show about right. it? Right. Yeah. But then I kept hearing people talking about it, and I was like, okay, well I'll I'll watch an episode. And once I saw the first episode, I realized, oh, this isn't anything like what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's a great show. Well. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. So thanks for joining us today on I Did a Thing. Uh, you can find us at ididathingpod.com. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at I Did a Thing Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at I Did a Thing Pod. 
If you have any questions, comments, want to say hi, be a guest, uh, have advice for us, please email us at ididathingpod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, get in touch. Thanks for listening to our podcast, I Did a Thing. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. Go do a thing. Oh, hold on. No. I forgot to mention that we're not going to be on next week. Oh, yeah. We're not Because holidays. Because of the holidays, we are taking next week off. So we'll be doing lots of things that we'll, I'm sure, <laughs> be reporting back to you uh, the following week. Um, but next week, we'll, we will be absent. Um, yes. And don't forget your turkey trot challenge. And wear that, wear your phone with the app so you can record and get money for, for curl up. Exactly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> go do all the things over the holidays. Right. Yeah. Go do, go do so many things. So many things. 